This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Since most of us are working from home, I thought this might be something we can all appreciate insofar as uh, folks who are needing to hook up with their coworkers and colleagues in terms of maybe video conferencing. The very popular and uh, much utilized app Zoom has uh, come into question in certain quarters. And I've been noticing uh, people have suggested there are flags here when using this particular app. And uh, to that end, I thought we'd pursue it a little more fully and see what uh, those in the know have found out. Cato Flaherty is one such, a cybersecurity journalist and senior contributor to Forbes magazine. And she's joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Kate, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Likewise, and I appreciate you joining us, as I understand. Uh, you're over somewhere in the UK, is it? You're welcome, yeah. I'm near London, so uh, 8.30 p.m. here. All right. Well, uh, stay healthy. We know that uh, the UK has had its own issues insofar as the spread of COVID-19. But when it comes to uh, these kinds of teleconferencing or video conferencing apps, uh, Zoom has been drawn into question. Tell me for what particular reason reasons the pitfalls or the problems with Zoom. Of course, Zoom's grown very, very quickly over the last couple of months as we've had the COVID-19 crisis across the globe. So, To put this into perspective, its user numbers have gone from last year, we were talking about uh, 10 million users, and now it's on 200 million. So astronomical growth. Along with that, there have emerged some security and privacy issues. Um, On the privacy front, the data collected by Zoom uh, came into question, and the company was actually forced to clarify its, its privacy policy because some people were a little unhappy. Um, It was sending data to Facebook, um, which it has since stopped doing, uh, but a class action lawsuit um, has already been launched in the US against Zoom for that. Um, Along with that, a lot of people started complaining about uh, what we call Zoom bombing, which is participants who are uninvited to a meeting or to a chat who just appear suddenly. They're sharing all sorts of content um, in, say, a business meeting. They might share some pornographic content. They might just start kind of shouting and yelling and kind of disrupting things uh, for people. So people are saying, why is this able to happen? This shouldn't be happening in our meeting. It should be private. We should be able to, you know, just speak to each other without uh, this disruption going on, really. So why are the portals not secure then? Is this an oversight or uh, how does that happen? Where Zoom's grown so quickly, it seems like perhaps the security wasn't built alongside that. So there are a lot of kind of issues that needed sorting out and Zoom didn't necessarily have the right staff and expertise in place. You do have to kind of feel a little sorry for Zoom because it couldn't have ever expected this situation to happen, that suddenly everyone would be using the platform and they would be using it in an insecure way because a lot of this is about people coming to the platform who aren't used to kind of security and using it. They're normal folks, you know. They're, they're not necessarily businesses who've been using this for years and years um, who might know more about kind of how to secure these platforms themselves. Um, Zoom's actually come out recently and apologised um, for everything that's happened and it's outlined some steps that it's put into place to help secure people better. So it is making the effort and it's important to point that out as well. Yeah, and so this unforeseen big, big bump, exponential almost in usership, I guess is a blessing and a curse at the same time. Couldn't have anticipated 
what uh, COVID-19 would have brought about. But uh, my understanding is they also collect and store personal data that they share with third parties like advertisers. What do you hear? What do you know about that? Yeah, I mean, that's a fairly normal practice in itself uh, for some of the platforms that people use from day to day. So, uh, for example, Facebook um, shares data with third-party advertisers. That's quite well known. Um, And Google will be doing the same thing. So, you know, your Google searches are being collected and that sort of thing. Um, It is important to kind of bear into mind that when we use these services, they're free. And they're free for a reason, because often our personal data, you know, may be monetized in some way. It will be anonymized. So it shouldn't be able to be kind of linked to a particular individual, but it is used to target advertising at that individual. It's so you get that advertising. And that's not kind of what everybody might want, but that is the price you pay for using these free services. Yeah, you say uh, your content uh, is not, you know, uh, it's not only not secure, it's not anonymous either. It can be uh, taken into different directions by even the host who is hosting the teleconferencing. You also say something ominous, that the messages and videos uh, can be used to develop facial recognition algorithms by artificial intelligence. How would that work? Ah, yes. Um, That's not actually something that I said. Um, That was something a report um, was suggesting um, could happen um, to these. Um, That was a story I wrote, um, which was based on a report by Consumer Reports. Um, So I I wouldn't say that that would actually happen. It's just potentially these things can happen um, as a result. I see. Uh, Again, Cato Flaherty is with us, cybersecurity journalist, senior contributor to Forbes magazine on this video conferencing app, Zoom, and uh, some of the pitfalls or problems uh, with working and, uh, you know, working through it. This is where intimacy uh, can also be shared pretty widely if people are not aware that they've got to uh, somehow protect their privacy and confidentiality. There have been instances of that, uh, you know, any kinds of pictures or conversations is all open to, I guess, uh, being accessed by people who have the wherewithal to do so. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the problem, really, is that people need to be kind of aware when they're using these platforms. And there are some steps you can take to secure yourself and to kind of try and protect the data. But in some ways, when someone else is running the meeting, you don't really have a choice. Um, They're choosing the platform in which you're having the meeting. So if your boss is having your meeting on that platform, you have to say yes to it, um, which isn't ideal. Um, So, you, you know, there are options as choosing another platform if you can. Um, or um, you can try and secure the meeting yourself if you're the host as well. There are some steps you can take. Um, Another thing that should be noted is actually there was a very intrusive feature called attention tracking um, where the boss of someone could actually um, see if they had clicked away from the screen or not during a meeting. Um, So you can imagine as, as an employee that's quite intrusive. That feature's actually been dropped by Zoom following the outcry. So you can see how these changes are happening now quite quickly as well in response to this. Yeah, I saw where they uh, reversed policy within the last week or so based on, as you say, uh, some of the response or the outcry attention tracking, which was far too intrusive. So, uh, yeah, the boss, if you just happened to turn away uh, when, you know, there were multiple screens up and you just didn't want to be a party to it, he could uh, wrap your knuckles, I guess, in cyberspace. 
and the other thing you mentioned is an important development too, uh, clicking the consent button before video conferencing, again, to protect your privacy or at least requiring uh, your consent in getting involved in all of this. So that's the issue with Zoom. Kate, before I let you go, I've got to ask you about a couple of other things. I don't know if you've covered or not, but uh, we have a big concern here in this country. And I know in the UK, they've kind of taken uh, a laissez-faire approach to the 5G network uh, that Huawei, uh, the Chinese company, is hoping to uh, be involved in. Uh, is there a risk with having China involved? The Communist Party of China, obviously, would be pulling the strings with Huawei. Uh, what are the risks? Mm, that is not something I cover in depth, actually. That's something a colleague of mine called Zach Doffman could tell you a lot more about. Um, obviously, there are security risks in having a Chinese company working on the networks, but the Chinese company, this, this is a Chinese company that has been working on mobile networks um, for many years already. Um, so I think there's a bit of a, an issue with kind of trying to change that all of a sudden um, as well. Um, but as I say, not one for me. So I'm afraid I have to sit out of answering that directly. No, that's fair enough. Uh, I was just blue skying as to whether or not uh, it was somewhere in your wheelhouse. And the other one was a curiosity that arose with this whole idea of uh, wanting contact tracing with the coronavirus, or at least uh, even as a measure to preclude people from congregating. There's talk of phone tracking. Uh, if this is something that uh, you're familiar with, uh, is that problematic? Can you see the danger inherent in that, giving too much control to Big Brother and some of these companies, or can it be a technological tool uh, for the good of society? Sure. I mean, just my, you know, simple opinion on that is it's a very, very hard balance to tread because it's very important that we stop the spread of coronavirus. Uh, phone tracking is a very, very useful way of doing this. It, it's, it is something that is potentially privacy invading but at times like this it is something that i think we have to give up a little bit of our liberties in order to kind of gain um something that is very very valuable to human life so as i say it's difficult i think the problem with it is is that once you've overstepped that line once you've given your privacy away in that way when this pandemic's over can you go back or where do things go after that and that's the question that really we have to ask ourselves yeah ceding one's rights uh because you think well there'd be no harm in doing that and you did bring that up again just to dial it back to zoom uh where the host of the uh, video conference can actually own your participation rights and go about doing whatever they will uh, with the content. So you want to be mindful of that as well. Kate, great to talk to you from over in the UK. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy. And uh, down the road, I'm sure we'll touch base again. All the best. Thank you. Great to speak to you. Thanks for having me on. You've got it. Kate O'Flaherty, cybersecurity journalist and senior contributor to Forbes magazine. Well, that's a scary prospect that, uh, and again, people are using this thing. I've seen so many different permutations of it uh, where they're singing songs. You know, there are whole choirs that somehow are coalescing, albeit working from behind their own computer at home. Uh, but you've got 30 people on split screen singing. And uh, sometimes you want to be mindful that maybe the content can be used or disseminated in a way that you didn't agree to or wouldn't agree to if you knew about it. But now you know about it. That's what we do here. It's a public service that I perform on a daily basis, not just an all-around family entertainer.
Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 